you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me? Let's stir it up, boys. Welcome to the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. A weekly excursion into the fine art of preparing the world's most popular recipes under an open sky and an open flame. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the old grill sergeant, Randy Hayes. Paraphrasing the bard, to mask or not to mask, that is the question. Whether tis no... <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't keep a straight face. Uh, well, I guess Shakespeare probably never grilled a tuna steak from Boyd's One Stop or smoked a brisket from the Belleville Meat Market. So the only Willie we should refer to around here is Nelson. <laughs> but the issue of whether to mask up or not, well, now that's certainly a reasonable topic of conversation, don't you think? I mean, we're getting so many mixed messages from politicians and scientists and doctors and I think a lot of these people are actually weaponizing COVID to advance their particular agenda, whatever that might be. Well, stop and think about it for a minute. It was about a week ago, the CDC said if we're fully vaccinated, we don't need to wear masks anymore. Not just outdoors, but indoors as well. And despite that fact, many businesses and public venues like Minute Maid Park, they still require masks as a precaution. Probably against lawsuits, if we're being perfectly honest. But my wife and I took our grandson to an Astros game a few weeks ago. We were fully prepared to wear masks in the stands. But heck, we were surrounded by people who just totally ignored the rule. Everybody was supposed to be wearing a mask unless they were actively eating or drinking. But very, very few people paid any attention to that at all. I'd say at least 90% of the fans in our section made no effort to wear masks. And there was no enforcement of the rule by Minute Maid Park officials either. Candidly, I didn't care because we were fully vaccinated months ago. And our grandson is 10 years old. He has virtually no chance of catching COVID. Even if he did, he probably wouldn't suffer many serious problems. So it was no big deal for us either way. But then, this past week, Governor Abbott issued an executive order, and it barred any local government or public school district from imposing any kind of mask requirements at all. In other words, the people who work at the city of Houston or Harris County government offices, they have a right to choose whether they wear a mask or not. Again, I'm okay with that. But it sends a mixed message to the public, and more importantly, to private businesses. The governor is telling local officials that they can't decide whether people in public buildings like city halls or courthouses, whether they should wear masks or not. He's saying that the public should decide for themselves whether they think they should wear a mask. And he's throwing the weight of his office behind that. Meanwhile, private businesses, you know, like restaurants, hello, this is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show, restaurants can ask their workers and their customers to wear masks, but just like Minute Maid Park, how many of them feel like it's worth the headaches to enforce those rules? Probably not many, right? So private businesses are kind of stuck in the middle on this issue, and I don't think that's fair to them. 
Well, say, for instance, a restaurant places a sign on their front door, and it says that they require their customers to wear masks in their dining room unless they're actively eating or drinking. Now, most customers are going to try to respect that rule as best they can, but there will undoubtedly be that one person who says, well, I didn't have to wear a mask in City Hall today. Why should I have to wear one in a restaurant? That puts the restaurateur in a position where he or she has to decide whether enforcing the mask rule is worth, you know, losing the customer's business, or worse yet, causing some kind of uncomfortable scene in the middle of the dining area. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm tired of wearing a mask, too. But how do business owners know whether someone has really been fully vaccinated or not? After all, it's easy to say, I've had both shots, so the CDC says I don't have to wear a mask indoors. But unless that person can produce their vaccination record right there on the spot, how does the business owner know for sure? Yeah, it's all pretty complicated. And these are the issues we're going to have to work on as we start to come out on the other side of the pandemic. I'm just glad I don't have to make those decisions, aren't you? But at the same time, it's really not fair to private business owners, is it? Okay, that's our weak attempt at addressing a serious topic for the week, or the month, <laughs> or the year. Let's get back to more fun topics. Last week after we got off the air from the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show, my old H&H show radio partner Fred Olson and I started talking about books that we've recently read and enjoyed, and he suggested I try a book titled The Aviators by Winston Groom. Now, this is a historical book. No, not historical fiction, you know, based on historical events and all that. This is an accurate historical accounting of three of the most influential early 20th century American aviators, Eddie Rickenbacker, Jimmy Doolittle, and Charles Lindbergh. I've always loved to learn about history, and the aviators lived up to Fred's hype, and then some. One part of the book that has fascinated me the most is the celebrity status of Rickenbacker and Doolittle and Lindbergh. We baby boomers grew up with TVs in our living rooms, so we often forget that before TV, America still had movie stars and celebrity athletes, but World War I heroes like Rickenbacker were revered by the public in a way that modern-day military heroes are simply not. Plus, early aviators were not just combat heroes. In many cases, they were barnstormers. They made their living by doing air shows around the country. They do acrobatic stuff in airplanes like wing walking and even parachuting out on purpose. You know, it's hard for us to imagine, but in the early 20th century, parachuting was considered a daredevil stunt, not just a life-saving technique. And then there was the dynamic of how early aviators just kind of flew by the seat of their pants. Well, they didn't have detailed maps to tell them how to get from one place to the other. And many times they were just following roads or railroad tracks to know where they were going. And they didn't have instruments like altimeters and gyroscopes to tell them if they were flying too close to the ground or even in the right direction. And as a result, the mortality rate was not good. I probably shouldn't laugh. It's also very disturbing to me how Rickenbacker and Lindbergh visited Germany before World War II, and then they came back to the U.S. and tried to warn Washington that Hitler was becoming very dangerous. 
but our military and political leaders just didn't want to hear about it. Plus, I was always under the impression that Lindbergh was some kind of borderline apologist for Hitler and the Nazis, but the book makes a compelling argument that he was not. According to the author, Lindbergh was a zealous American patriot, but he had visited Nazi Germany several times to promote American aviation on behalf of the government. That was before World War II broke out, and he had toured German aviation facilities pretty extensively. He came away from those encounters believing that the U.S. had absolutely no chance to defeat the Luftwaffe in the air, so he wasn't a closet Nazi at all. He just didn't believe we could win the war at least according to this book. Again, it's The Aviators, and if you like historical books like I do, this is a really good one. I highly recommend it. Whoa, I just looked at the clock. This first segment has flown by. Sorry, couldn't resist. So, let's turn our attention to some food-related topics. You know, before I run out of fuel and have to crash land. <laughs> Did it again. Oh, and by the way, I think crash land is a misnomer, don't you? Well, I mean, you either crash or you land, but you can't do both, right? I mean, if you crash, but you walk away from it, then it wasn't really a crash. You landed. On the other hand, if you crash and you don't walk away from it, I think that pretty much qualifies as a real crash. Don't you? Wow. How did I get off on that? Food, Randy. Food. Focus. Focus. Okay. This weekend, we celebrate National Pizza Party Day. So I thought we'd talk about how to make and bake the perfect homemade pizza for your homemade pizza party. Now, I'm going to be honest and admit, I have never actually baked my own homemade pizza before. Because I operate on the why would you policy. You know, why would you go to all that trouble when all you have to do is call the pizza parlor down the street and have a meat lover's special delivered to your front door? No cooking, no cleanup, no way I'm going to let that opportunity fly by. Good grief. <laughs> I did it again, didn't I? I didn't mean to do that. Yes, I did. Food, Randy. Food. Focus. Focus. If your barbecue's gone up in smoke and your cooking reputation is at stake, stick around. The Old Grill Sergeant will be right back with more ideas and advice to make your next cookout sizzle. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door with a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media, and my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. 
We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run, and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself, and you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like, never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, a electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Life is simple. Eat, sleep, grill. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hames. It's been entirely too long since we visited with our next guest. Please welcome back Ron Brandani, the owner and executive chef at Brandani's Restaurant and Wine Bar in Missouri City. Hey, my friend, how are you and Claire and the boys doing these days? Man, we're doing great. Thank you for having us on. Oh, it's always a pleasure. And you know so much. That's what that's what we enjoy the most. And we know that restaurants have been hit fairly hard during the pandemic, but your two eateries have survived, even thrived over the last year or so. To what do you attribute that success, Ron? Well, I, I, one thing is, you know, our plan B was always to make plan A work. So <laughs> this, is, <you> know, <laughs> this, this, this is all we got, you know? So, uh, you know, one of the things we did early on in our, in our restaurant, when we opened up the wine bar is 
we did wine dinner, so we collected emails and, and we were able to, we're, we're probably at about 5,000 email, you know, people on our email list. And so wow, that along with Facebook and, you know, Instagram, uh, my, you know, my wife just, uh, you know, she has been our social media guru and, uh, just the neighborhoods and the support of the neighborhood has been unbelievable. I mean, we couldn't have done it without them. And, and, uh, it, it was just one of those deals. We, we went from a full menu to a family meal, only a family meal to go at night. And then we start you know, people are like, well, I miss calamari. So we got calamari back on the menu. We do that for a little while. But one of the things we wanted to do is I couldn't do the whole menu because it wouldn't stay fresh. Yeah. So what we did is a, you know, a family meal, a special and a couple items to go only. And then, uh, we never, you know, the one thing we didn't do is we didn't, we didn't furlough anyone. We needed everyone to, to take care of that business. And then also our managers, we kept everybody and, and, they were a big part of our, our staff is, I mean, there were some hard days and, and there were some easy days, but there's a lot of hard days to get all this stuff done. And, and, uh, they just, they shined and, and did a great job. So you and I've discussed the dynamic of how the pandemic is going to affect the restaurant business for long term. Sure. Uh, in some of your previous appearances of the, on the board seafood outdoor cooking show, but I'm sure your thoughts on this subject have evolved over the last few months. What are your observations these days about the long-term effect of the pandemic on restaurants? Well, I, I think that um, we, we've added some service, obviously, um, curbside and, and uh, a to-go business that uh, you know we didn't have before. And I, I think now that we've given that service, it's not going to stop. Um, I, I, you know, short-term, what we're seeing is like, you know, a lot of you know, the businesses that shut down and, 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 um, you know, canning right now, you know, our, our seafood, a lot of, uh, a lot of restaurants use pasteurized crab meat. Mm-hmm. Well, they can't get those pasteurized crab right now because the canning. And so all my fresh crab meat that I've always gotten has went up from 25 bucks a pound to 36 as of today. Wow. So 36 pounds, $36 a pound for for jumbo lump crab meat. And this is the best crab meat you're going to get. Uh, but still, that's a huge jump. So we're seeing, you know, short term right now, we're seeing uh, the ripple effect of the of, of COVID in, in, in the market area where, you know, um, in the beginning, we saw shortages of gloves and masks and all that stuff. But now we're starting to see a little more of that ripple effect of, you know, the, the industry people that weren't at work and those, you know, the canning business and stuff like that. So, It'll be interesting to see how uh, how long that takes to ramp back up and, and what have you. But um, a lot of the stuff that we import, obviously, is uh, is not getting to to America. So um, you know the cans and the you know plastics and you know obviously everyone knows about all the um, the um, the chips and everything. That's that's shortage. So. That didn't really affect me as much as the uh, the canning and uh, you know, and I don't buy a lot of canned stuff. But the people that used to are now buying fresh. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Ron operates not one but two really popular restaurants in the Township Square. That's on FM ten ninety two Murphy Road in Missouri City, and we recall that you reduced seating capacity and then expanded it a bit as the health mandates allowed. So, what's the current situation in your two dining rooms? Well. 
we still haven't brought all the tables back inside. We're doing a lot of outdoor seating and um, um, and a lot of to-go's, and that, that makes up for the 100%, but we're pretty close at both places to being 100%. There's, we're missing two tables over at the wine bar and probably another two tables at the uh, the burger place, but you know, we've, we've added some more outside. So it kind of, you know, it, it feels a little more, you know, it feels just like a little bit more comfortable of a restaurant and, and without just packing people in. But it, you know, the one thing I've really seen is, is the public really has kind of come out and, and really said they're, they're, they're getting to be done with the masks. I see a lot of, uh, I went to a baseball game the other day and, and, it was, you know, they had a mask mandate, but nobody wore a mask yeah. at the at Minute Maid. So you kind of see that it, it is opening up and, and it is kind of starting to uh, be on the downswing, I guess, with va- vaccinations. And, and, and uh, it's been great to see a lot of the people that uh, the older crowd that I haven't been able to see for a year uh, come out and huh. um, re- rejoin us. Are you talking about me again, Ron? No, no. <laughs> You are, because I hate to admit it, but it's been well over a year since I walked into the dining room of your original location, Brandani's Restaurant and Wine Bar. But you guys have perfected that curbside pickup program so well that my wife, the hermit, has just gotten used to me picking up food and taking it home. Well, Now, you said you see that as a really long-term element in all restaurants' futures? I do. I, you know, once, you know, just like anything else, once you deliver a service and people get used to it, I think you're going to keep it. And, uh, you know, we've, we, you know, we have two people a night on to goes, um, only on to goes. And then we have, uh, two servers. And then we are on the weekends, we have three and they have a station in the restaurant, but it's, it takes, you know, that five to six thirty um, hit on to goes is, is, uh, is pretty big and and you know the one thing we want to do is just keep our best foot forward and service those those to goes and and take care of those people because there are i mean every day randy i still have people coming in this is my first time out wow this is my first time out so as much as everyone thinks it is over it is it is getting to that point but there's still a lot of people that are not comfortable being in the dining room so and you know we're we don't want to you know our deals, we we want those people as well, and we want to do to goes, and we want to to make sure they're taken care of. But then, you know, forget about the pandemic. People are just used to doing to goes and pulling up, and us bringing it out to their car. And uh, I I think it's a great service. We don't we don't have a drive through, so I think this is the next best thing. And 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 our to go uh, at both places, the burger place is um, really ramped up. And uh, you know, you see a lot of uh, um, our 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 big companies are doing to goes and we're wrapping individually. So, and we'll put their names on it. So they have their own food. So if they're still not eating in a group, they still can grab their own individual, you know, lunch. And, uh, I think that's a, that's something that's really helped as well as we've, we've figured out how to package better for large groups and, and Fort Mendemo right down the street here. We, they get to go food, but they're real careful not to have buffets and stuff like that because, you know, they're in the medical field. So we do a little individual stuff for them and they, they really enjoy it. Well, it works really well. I use it all the time. I just have to say. <laughs> and before we run out of time in this first segment, we started a little tradition. We pointed out that our theme song on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show has always been, what you got cooking? So what have you got cooking? 
at either Brandani's Restaurant and Wine Bar or Brandani's Burgers, Tacos, and Brews, or even in the Brandani backyard that you could share with us real quick? Well, right now, what's big right now is we're getting um, soft-shell crabs in, and so I'm getting the little, they're called hotel-sized crabs, and they come in live for the taco place, and we do soft-shell crab tacos there. And then we do a totally different soft shell crab over next door. We do the whalers, which are the biggest ones you can get. And we stuff those with crab meat. So, um, and that's gotten more expensive, obviously. But anyway, we stuff those with crab meat and uh, do a, a beer batter, Moretti beer batter on those. And just a, a, a fun way to use soft shell crabs at both places. And, and people are loving it. So we're excited. We're always excited this time of year when soft shell crabs come in. But there are a number of significant commemorative food days in the month of May. One of them is National Pizza Party Day. So we wanted you to stick around and talk about pizza. Can you do that, Ron? Absolutely. Love to. Stay patient. Dinner will be ready right after the smoke alarm goes off. Randy will be right back with more smoke and hot tips for you and your old plane right after this short break. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door, with a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, $2.27 road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Hi friends, Randy Hames to tell you about Cellular and Satellite. Cellular and Satellite are specialists in wireless data plans for businesses. Because they buy in large quantities, Cellular and Satellite can give you a data plan on the same provider you're using today, but at a lower cost. Cellular and Satellite can also combine the two largest wireless providers into a single data plan. Two carriers with better coverage, but only one invoice to pay. 
If your workforce is international, Cellular and Satellite offers a global data sim with fixed pricing in over 200 countries. You'll never have to pay international roaming charges again with Cellular and Satellite. And they can handle all your wireless data needs whether you need 10 or 10,000 data sims. So if you're an IT professional, mobility manager, or business owner, save money and increase your network availability by letting Cellular and Satellite simplify your wireless life. Call Cellular and Satellite today. 832-551-1000 or go to CellularAndSatellite.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market. Just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit Belleville BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Stand back. We've got our grill on. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hayes. We're back with our good friend and the owner of Brandani's Restaurant and Wine Bar and Brandani's Burgers, Tacos, and Brews in the township on Murphy Road in Missouri City, Ron Brandani. Uh, weekends are probably pretty hectic for a restaurateur, so thanks for taking extra time with us today, Ron. Not at all. I'm glad to be here. Glad we're. I hear we're going to be talking about some pizzas, and I'm excited. Well, good. Yes, we are. May is a big month for commemorative food days, but this weekend actually celebrates National Pizza Party Day. Now, we kind of figure a guy with a last name like Brandanny has got to have had at least a little bit of experience making and baking pizzas. Is that safe to say? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I'll tell you, um, pizza is a big part of my family. <laughs> <laughs> Do you offer pizzas at Brandanny's Restaurant and Wine Bar? No, no, I don't. I won't. Uh, you know, we don't have enough oven space and, and uh, you know, I'm kind of particular about my pizza. If I'm going to make it, it's got to be uh, a pretty hot oven. So, Well, yeah, that that's one of the things we wanted to talk about was the ovens and how hot they should be and all of that stuff. But before we do that, let's discuss pizza crust because most of us never really stop to think about that part of the deal. Is Pillsbury pie crust from the store good enough or should we be looking for something that's more specific to pizza? Well, you know what, in, in the stores, you know, you can, you can get, you know, for a quick, quick deal. And, and, you know, usually if I make pizza dough, it's made the day before. So it has time to rise and, and, and come back down. And then you kind of, it just, it's going to have more, more air bubbles in it. And it's just a better crust. But I have to say, I've gotten the, uh, pizza crust in the package, but you can also use the bread that's in the package. I wouldn't use pie crust, but use any kind of bread in the package or if they have, you know, obviously pizza crust in the, in the Pillsbury roll, I guess you'd say. And I've done that several times and I've got like a little 
pizza uh, set up at my house where I, I put over my pellet grill that that gets the temperature up to 600 degrees and, and helps circulate there on top and helps it helps it cook. But before that, I used to um, do it in my oven and with just a pizza stone, and it worked out well too. Well, I want to talk about pizza stones too, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Next, we need sauce, and sauce is a pretty big deal. First of all, is marinara sauce the same thing as pizza sauce, or are they different because of ingredients or consistency? Yeah, marinara usually has a little bit more going on. With pizza sauce, I really like to keep it simple, and really, I'm I'm talking olive oil, garlic, oregano, tomato sauce, and 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 you know, whole tomatoes and I'll make it into a sauce and you cook it down and, and, you know, salt, a little bit of pepper, not too much pepper, but you know, I don't like a real heavy, heavy, like marinara. When you cook that down and you cook it down for a long time, it gets really thick. And, and, um, for me, I like a lighter sauce on my pizzas. Well, I'll admit I haven't done exhaustive research on this, but is pizza sauce in a jar from the grocery store is that okay to use yeah i mean i would you you know if you're buying a jar sauce i mean there's i mean if you just pick one that's that you like you can use it i mean it's not it's it's not a really rocket science on that i think that uh you know some of the better ones there's some um you know heirloom tomato tomato sauces and stuff like that that are usually a lighter you know Basically, they're they're trying to highlight the tomato rather than the other ingredients they're putting in the sauce. So I think look for like the the better ones that are heirloom tomato or something like that 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 are um you know they're, you know you're not you don't see mushrooms and other flavorings and it. it's maybe a garlic tomato sauce or something like that. So what's a unique set of pizza toppings that many of us have never considered, but that you personally like? I love I love my, one of my favorite pizzas in the world is a clam pizza. I don't know if you've ever had one. Nope. But it's it's a no cheese pizza, and it's you know you use um, uh, bacon and you know uh, bacon lardons, which is like bigger pieces of bacon and tomato and and clams, and and it's just you got to cook the you got to cook the clams first, and then you kind of open them, and you can either put the shells on them. Or, you know, with the clam inside it for the looks or, or just put the clam itself in there. But um, I, I love it. Um, and, and it's a vongole pizza in, in Italian. So it's it's fantastic. But it's odd to Americans. I don't think America, a lot of Americans see that. But uh, I love that. But, you know, the one thing I do when I have, you know, a pizza party at my house, and, and I've done them several times, and it's kind of a who makes the best pizza you know, who, who picks the best ingredients and they, they make their own pizza? Well, I'll try to put out as many ingredients as I can. So I may use some of my candy bacon from the restaurant or caramelized onions, obviously pepperoni and different types of meats. But, um, you know, grilled broccoli is great on pizza. Grilled broccoli and sausage is great on pizza. But you got to use really small amounts, right? No. no of, the, of the broccoli? Yeah. No. I mean... It depends on how good you grill your broccoli. <laughs> you know, it's, one of those things, it's one of those things. It's uh, you know, you blanch the broccoli and then grill it with you know salt and pepper and olive oil, and get that that char on the broccoli. And then, uh, and if you'll slice it kind of long ways, where you cut it in half, ah. where you have some flat sides, and you put that flat side down on the pizza. Cool. Um, 
People will be fighting over the broccoli and the pizza, I promise you. <laughs> I don't get it myself, but pineapple pizza seems to be all the rage. But surely you don't put pineapple on the pizza at the same time you put on pepperoni. I mean, pineapple and pepperoni cook at different speeds, right? Um, now I think they, I, I've never personally made a pineapple um, and they'll use pepperoni or they'll use like Canadian bacon or something like that. I've never made a pineapple Canadian bacon type pizza when we were in Hawaii on our honeymoon, you know, that's where they, you know, pineapple, you know, a lot of our pineapple come from, they do a great job with, uh, their pigs. And so we ate a pineapple and that was the only one I ever really liked, but my wife loves pineapple and my kids, we all make fun of her and, uh, <laughs> but she absolutely loves it. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those, uh, you can cook those that pineapple and Canadian bacon at the same time because you want to get you want to get some of that pineapple cooked down a little bit. And this is a key question for all our at home chefs: What's the single biggest mistake most of us make when we try to make homemade pizzas? That's a that's a great question. I think the biggest mistake is adding too many toppings. Ah, you know, I mean, I think when you're you're making a pizza, there's balance. There's balance in any food, but if you're making a pizza, whether you're ordering it at a restaurant or ordering, you're making it at home. If you put too much on there, it just kind of falls apart. And since this is National Pizza Party Day, that means a pizza party requires baking more than one pizza at a time. So let's talk about that for a minute. Can we bake more than one pizza at a time in an oven without it affecting the end result? Yeah, I usually, if, it, it just depends on how many ovens and how many pizza stones you have. One oven, one pizza stone. Uh, you know, you, you want to put that pizza stone at the very top of your oven. And what I do is I actually, I'll, I'll put that uh, pizza stone at the top and I'll crank the oven up to 550. And so that, and it, and it really takes an hour to get hot enough. I know the, the oven will say in 30 minutes it's hot, but it takes an hour to get that pizza stone hot enough. And then what I do is I trick the oven. I'll put it to 500 hmm. and wait about five minutes. And then I'm ready to put the pizza in, and then when I put the pizza in, put it back at 550, and that way the top cooks at the same time as the bottom. Wow, that's the pizza oven trick right there. Yeah, but what but what about pizza ovens themselves? I know they're very popular, but they're often not big enough to bake more than one pizza at a time. Right. Well, it in and, and so what I was talking about my pizza oven I have outside, it cooks at about 550 to 650. I mean, it'll cook higher, but um. I think that 600 degrees is a great mark and that pizza is cooking only about two to three minutes. Uh So where you're cooking in the oven at home, it might take you five to six minutes, but this one is two to three minutes. And and depending on, you know, how thick your pizza dough is and, 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 but I usually like a pretty thin pizza when I'm making it at home. Yeah, me too. So you're cooking it so fast. You don't, I mean, you don't have really time to mess with two pizzas. I mean, it, it, it could get a little, you know, that's when situations happen. When you're yeah. to do too much. <laughs> well, we knew a guy with a vowel at the end of his name would be able to tell us about National Pizza Party Day. So <laughs> thanks to our dear friend, Ron Brandani of Brandani's Restaurant and Wine Bar and Brandani's Burgers, Tacos and Brews on FM 1092 in Missouri City. Give our best to Claire and the boys. We promise not to wait so long to have you back on the show, okay? All right, Randy. Thank you very much. Life is short. Grill while you can. Randy will be right back with more food and fun after this break. 
Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself. And you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website, edgewater-digital.com. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door, with a wide 
variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. May the forks be with you. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the guy who turns all the grills on, Randy Hames. Well, it's time to talk to my old H&H show radio partner, Fred Olson, also known as Fred the One-Handed Farmer. <laughs> so how you doing there, lefty? <laughs> well, think about think about this. What had the show been called? Haynes and Olson, or Olson and Haynes. Yeah. It didn't have the same ring. No, it doesn't. No. Nah, it doesn't. Sound like something you'd hear in Minneapolis. <laughs> uh, so is it your right shoulder or your left shoulder? I called you lefty. Yeah, the, the left shoulder this time. So I'm, I'm technically righty. So thank goodness, because that's the dominant hand. So that doesn't have the same ring to it either, does it? Righty as opposed to lefty? No. <laughs> no, I don't know anybody righty. A few lefties, but no righties. Now, either way, last week, you said that you were going to uh, try to make the transition from sleeping in your recliner to sleeping in your own bed that night, as I recall. So how did that work out? It was pretty good. First night was tough. Next night was better. So I'm getting used to it now. I get the pillows propped up in the right, you know, position. And it's it's a lot better than sleeping in a a recliner because you wake up in a recliner going, you know, I feel like I feel like I'm flying first class. But, <laughs> but where? And, and, and where is the flight attendant? And should maybe bring me a cocktail or something I, I thought you were going to say it feels like i'm sleeping in my recliner yeah. <laughs> well, next time if i ever get to fly first class i'll lean back and go yeah this feels like my recliner <laughs> yes well i know i can sleep i could definitely fall asleep on if i can sleep in that i can sleep anywhere yeah yeah see i just can't sleep on those planes man that never works for me i, I can fall asleep on takeoff literally there are times just before the wheels lift off, I just go, I'm done. And I sleep at, you know, very little bit, but it feels like a lot. You know, I'll wake up 20 minutes later and go, wow, that's so great. A power plane nap. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'd like, to, I'd like to be traveling somewhere, so that would be nice. I'll take one. Well, you and I have talked about my struggles with restless leg syndrome and how that's interrupted my sleep patterns. So I can, I guess, somewhat relate but as my son noted, sleep deprivation is a form of human torture. This is not a frivolous issue, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now look at look at it this way. We did mornings for almost, what, what 30 years? Yeah. 29, 30 years. And that in itself was sleep deprivation. Yep. Because you go to bed. I, I, couldn't, I didn't go to bed much ever later than nine. I always got up at three. Yep. And you're never really quite there. You know, you can go and have fun, drink a lot of coffee, have a great, you know, fun. And, but get off the air and go home and just go, okay, now what? <laughs> and then you go on vacation, go on vacation for a week. And the first two, three days, you're still waking up at three. You go to a resort and I'd be the only person up. And then you get used to sleeping in and you come back to do the show and it's a pain to get up at three. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, we have an honeymoon who went to Hawaii and I'd, I'd get up and I'd go running at like, you know, six in the morning. Well, there would be nobody up. <laughs> right and i had to wait for 6 6 a.m to come around it was kind of funny but now those days are pretty much over and sleep's better certainly working on it and it's getting better well good another step forward in your recovery is rehab and that is a painful process so tell us what rehab entails 
um, pain. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> let's, let's see. That was a softball. That was as big as the moon I had to hit that one. No, it's, it, it, it wasn't bad. It really was. Today was my first day, and I went on doing these things, and I said to her, I said, you know, it feels good to be moving, and the arm has been pretty, you know, much locked in the same position for six weeks, and and I said, I'm really feeling pretty good. She goes, well, I hope you'll say that later today. <laughs> and on the way home, I was on this country road going, man, I can't wait to get some ice on this sucker. <laughs> well, we all hear about athletes going through the rehab process, you know, after injuries or surgeries that they've had. But until you've actually done rehab yourself, most of us don't really understand how overwhelming it can be, right? Well, yeah, it's it's just you have to be consistent because if you're not, you could end up, you know, just kind of your joints will kind of freeze up. I don't care what age you are. and But you think of professional athletes, it isn't if they get injured, it's when. Yeah. You know. You and I have known enough athletes over the years to know that's true. And they, of course, they have these doctors uh, around them 24-7 because they're, you know, they have millions of dollars invested in them. And we don't have that. No, we sure don't. So we have to do it on our own. No one's going to call us and go, oh, by the way, did you do your exercises today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want you to know that I've not only been praying for your speedy recovery, and I do mean every day, but you're on more than one prayer list at my church. So I sincerely hope that you feel the power of that prayer and that it will lift you up when you're going through all that pain. You know, it, it does, and, and mostly these days it's not pain, it's just kind of ache. And that's something you just kind of get used to. And But it's it's really going well, and I think, I think I'm ahead of where I should be, but I've also had to learn to be patient. She told me today, she goes, you know, uh, I can tell you're a uh, results-oriented person. <laughs> yeah, I could have told her that. <laughs> I said, yes. yes. You're going to have to really kind of dial it back uh-huh. and just let it do its thing because this was a major tear it was a large tear not a small one and so it's gonna take a while you know before i can i can't lift a weight until the end of june Mm. anything more than a coffee cup or a pound or so and so that for me that's like (laughs) (laughs) but it's okay because i know it's going to be all right at the end and and, uh, i had a great doctor and and uh, so just it's a matter of patience yeah yeah, which you and I don't have a whole lot of. <laughs> no. I, you know, I'm really patient for other people, but I'm not very patient for myself. Hey, let's let's talk about a book that you recommended to me. I'm just loving it. I'm reading it. It's called The Aviators. Oh. It's written by a man named Winston Groom. Oh, man. It's about the three pioneers in the early aviation history of the United States, Eddie Rickenbacker, Jimmy Doolittle, and Charles Lindbergh. I'm only about halfway through it, Fred, but I have already learned unbelievable amounts of things i didn't know about those three guys and, and just american history american media boy that's a big book i mean i i actually i, I had the audio book and it was like 21 hours so it's a, it's a big book but it's a, one of the best i've ever read um and winston groom also wrote forrest gump oh is that right and he's also written a number of other historical uh, actually fact-based uh, uh books but and another one I just started reading is fascinating. It's called Wings of Ice. I'm about halfway through that. What's that about? It's about people trying to fly to, uh, you know, after Lindbergh did everything. Before Lindbergh flew and got the big prize going from um, New York to Paris, a lot of people wanted to do that. So there are all these aviators. These uh, There's this culture like Perry and Bird, 
uh, Shackleton, who tried to sail to the Antarctic and got frozen in the ice for 10 months. And uh, his ship did. He didn't. That, <laughs> Glad you cleared that up. Uh, there's this whole undercurrent of these people had to explore, had to fly over the poles. And, and they're mostly um, fame hounds. They want to be well-known. They want to leave a legacy. And ah. stories of Richard Bird, you know, a Bird going to the, the flying to the North Pole. Did he really do it? And there are some people you've never heard of who just did amazing things. Hutchins, Hutchins, Wilkins. Hubert Wilkins is, is some guy you've never heard of, but he just, he did a lot of phenomenal stuff. So I'm reading about how they go to the North Pole and go, okay, we've done that now. Now we've got to go to the South Pole. So they, <laughs> they have to go get money from like Hearst newspapers. Yeah. As uh, they'd sponsor someone and, and Pulitzer out of New York, uh, would they would sponsor someone. So they would try to spy on each other and see who'd get there first. You could sell the most newspapers. So it's another one. Wings of, of Ice is also an excellent one. A pretty neat story. Just, the, the spirit of exploration, I, I just, it's always intrigued me, but these people were nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and when you look at Rickenbacker, you, you're halfway through the book. Wait till you read what he went through in life. And, and Lindbergh, the stuff they did and, 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 um, and, and the accidents they have and the things they live through. You talk about rehab. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's a fascinating book, and I absolutely love it. Again, it's The Aviators by Winston Groom. Now, what's the one you're reading again? It's called Wings of Ice. By whom? Uh, gosh, who wrote this thing? I just had to ask you, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's actually, it's it's on my phone, and I'm on my phone right now. So I'm not going to, if I cut away, I may lose you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you can tell us later, and we'll post it on our website, or Facebook, or maybe not at all. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like your one-arm status is not holding back the picking of the crops. So bless your little pea-picking heart. Somewhere Tennessee Ernie Ford is smiling <laughs> and let me know if you need any help eating all those fresh vegetables okay hey there's a thought because they're coming in we hope you've enjoyed this edition of the boyd seafood outdoor cooking show send us your burning questions and favorite recipes in a private message on our facebook page the outdoor cooking show or visit our website theoutdoorcookingshow.com Join us next week for more tasty food and fun over a red-hot grill on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. I was about cooking something up.